this is service. A bit different than people think about churches they've been to. But what we've tried to do is just to follow what the Lord has told us to do in the Bible. It's, the service should be free. People should be free to be able to pray, to dance, to smile, to clap. And you might have heard somebody speaking in a different language today. Well, don't worry, that is called tongues. And that's what God gives us as a sign to say we've received his spirit. So it is, impor it is important that you see that people, it seems, like, it seems like chaos sometimes, but this is God's order and not our order. Amen. And, and you see the people speaking. Well, a lot of people who are speaking here now would never speak in public. Didn't want to do anything, just wanted to go and sit and receive. But the Bible isn't like that. God isn't like that. God is give. And you give. And it's marvellous. So the, 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 what, what David was trying to tell us was that whatever you sow, whatever you sow, you shall reap. So I go sow faith. Guess what God gives me? More faith. I go and give the word of God. Guess what God gives me? More word. I sow my money. What does it give me? More money. It's just so simple. Sow love, you get love. Sow joy, you get joy. So you sow misery, you'll get misery. Hallelujah. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful way of life that God has given us. So, my sermon today, my title is, Why Change? Mm. Yeah, why change? It's a great question, and you know, how many answers we can get? Is probably, probably can't add them up, can we? Probably, it's probably uncalculable um, to get that. But, you know, when I share this gospel with people and, and, and I have people say to me, I don't need God, I have a good life, I, my life's happy enough, uh, we don't want for much, I live in a nice area, I've got a happy home, I've got a, I'm happy with my family and I'm happy with my job, and, you know, and we say, oh, that's good. You know why? Because we know they're lying. No, Mark, you can't say that. Why not? I have never met a person in the hundreds of thousands that I've met who have not got a problem, who have not got a past which they would like to forget some things. Hallelujah. Who have not done wrong some stage in their life. But you know, people will tell us whatever they feel they, is the best answer to give to get us off their track. <laughs> Don't preach to me, I get all the time. I said, preaching? I said, you preach to people yourself? How come you don't want me to preach to you? No, I do not. I said, let me teach you about preaching, shall I? All preaching is, is telling. And don't we tell each other a lot of things? <laughs> don't we tell some people exactly what we think? Yes, we do. So I can see that, that people will tell us many things. Yet we know. Most people haven't even got the answer to the question, what are we here for? What is this life about? And people can give a thousand answers. And that's why we do that Truth Reveal course, to begin to show people who God is, why Jesus came, and what this life's about. And that's what it is. It's just a, it's, you know, it's the same as any other subject. It's the same as you, you know, has everybody been to school here? 
Would you have learnt anything from school if there wasn't a teacher and it was left up to you? A little bit. But we need the teachers to be able, because when we got a question, we need to ask the teacher to help us with the, with the things we don't understand. Anybody incredibly poor at maths at school? It's still yeah, yeah, he's the, yeah. The, what, that's the poorest is our accountant. No wonder we're not doing very well. Hallelujah. It's, but, but it's just like that, you know. Everything we do, we learn. And that's why we try to get people to come to church and come to Bible study. So we can actually show them some of these answers. And, you know, but people cannot see today how God can help them. Uh, government and everyone else pass laws which are totally against God and, and a good moral way of living. Um, we can see that and they pass laws in everything, including education. And it takes away God and the word of God. Everything they take away. It's, it's, it's been an amazing 25 years as I've watched this country get worse. Absolutely worse. And instead of making me feel incredibly sad, which I do, it's also gave me a, a different passion, that I've got to do something. I cannot stand here and talk about God now, knowing that I've done nothing in my life to try and help other people. And that's really the important thing about our Christian family. It's about how we help each other to begin with. And I know for full well that there's people in here, and I can actually turn around and it's not a boast, it's just the fact that I've helped them. And it's so important that all of us understand that I help them, not only to help them, but so they can help somebody else. And it's a brilliant way of living, and just think if the world was like that, what a happy place we'd have. But that's God's way, not man's way. The Bible is the most amazing book I've ever read. It has the answers to every thought I've had about life. Every thought on, on this planet Earth. And don't forget, this planet is the only one that we know has life on it. No matter what, how many... Okay, let's do our brilliant scientists. And don't forget, scientists are brilliant, aren't they? Some of these people, what they've done is just... It's not mathematics, it's just gone right past it, hasn't it? It's just really amazing what they've learned and how they've put that learning into practice. But they've been investigating our world and have ventured out. So they've gone down in the earth, they've gone down the oceans. We've visited the bottom of the oceans now. Anyone can go up to Everest now. You can, you know, you can, I've been up Everest twice. <laughs> Come on, Sophie, you know something's coming, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I went round it in a plane. Yeah, but it was great anyhow. I've, I've always said I've been to the top of Everest, and I've not lied, Sophie. It just, you know, just twisted, the, you know, just, it's, but yeah, well, it's just, it's a bit more fun than, isn't it? It's a bit funnier than saying I haven't been to the top of Everest, because I have. And I've seen it. Hey, and there was a lot of mess on the top as well. I couldn't believe it. It's even more now. I seen a picture last week of how many flags and stuff they've left. It's a right mess. Crazy stuff. Anyway, what does it all matter? We've ventured out in sending probes now, you know, not just into, into the universe, we sent it into the cosmos. We found universes and, and galaxies, and, and now we've now found that with, there's not just these few planets going around the sun, there's other suns. There's other suns, there's other planets, and you know, millions and millions of planets, and trillions and trillions and trillions of stars. Yet, no more life forms yet. 
That's incredible that we are on this planet and alive. And we can see, think, feel, do things. It's just incredible. And we have made massive scientific advances in health. And we're keeping more and more people alive by medication. Us old people. Any of us old people take medication? Hallelujah. She's our, she's our dearest and most longing-serving life member that we have. Hallelujah. Is that, is that a, she just takes the vitamins. Okay, I don't take any medication either and, and haven't. So that, I'm just blessed. Am I boasting, Linda? I better ask the wife. She tells me if I'm boasting. No, I'm just so thankful that I have not had to do that. But one thing I learned about it, because one thing about being a Christian, it makes you question everything. And that's most wonderful because I, I then looked at what, does, what happens to this body when we, we keep filling it with different chemical additives. It changes the structure of our body. And I found out people who start with one tablet have two. My auntie was taking 16 different type of tablets a day. I said, I said, Aunt Maureen, I said, you're just a chemical explosion now. She has to take one to stop another one doing something and another one. And, 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 and I had to go to the consultant and say, come on, get, get, what are you doing? I said, you know, she'll be on a, she'll be on a fluid you know, drip soon, you know, because that's what so much is going in. I said, you know, so she did, they took quite a lot of them away from her and she actually got better in herself. But that's just science. That's just science that's doing it. And of course, the more we keep old people alive, the more it's going to cost the country and the deeper in debt we're going to. What a conundrum. What a problem that is. I'm glad I'm not in government. It drives me nuts. And they don't tell the truth. Keep working. Keep working. Hallelujah. Yet what does it all matter if the Bible is true? Hmm. Heaven and hell is true. That everlasting life is true. That God's promises are true. What does it matter? That we can have everyday help from God if we want. We can have love, peace, joy, forgiveness, knowledge and wisdom like we've never had in abundance. If we follow him. And no matter, as David said, the trials, the tests and problems we face, God gives us his strength to get through them and come out with a stronger faith. And the most wonderful promise he has for all of us, I have plans for you, every single one of you, and they are good and not evil, for an expected good end. Isn't that wonderful that God's got that plan for who? Every person upon this earth. These are just the few life reasons why we should look at our life to see what we should change. And where we need to change to improve our lives, and not just our lives, but those of our families and those around us. So important because that's scriptural as well that we must look after our families. Why would I say these things? Well, I ended up having to look at what God says from his word so I should be clear 
how God is trying to teach me so I can actually look at it, change my life, and actually see how it works. I love the scriptures when God says, test me and prove me to see if this is true. Not just take it in a blind faith. Have a look. Come taste and see that the Lord is good. The Bible is God's word. And it tells us that God made one man by his spirit only. And that man was Jesus Christ. He's the only spiritually made man in this world. We were all made by flesh. Man, woman, baby, us. He did that so God himself could come and dwell in the body of his only begotten son. So he would work in Jesus to tell the world about God and the new covenant. And this new covenant is what we call the New Testament, okay? This new agreement, because that's what it is, a testament and a covenant, is an agreement with God that he wants to share with his creation. And then it allows every one of us to find out if God is real. Who he is, what he is, and what kind of life he can promise us. If, here's the big one, if, <laughs> if we would listen, if we would learn, and if we would follow <coughs> his teaching. It could, so why should we do it then? Why should we change our lives? Why should we put more of God's word into our life and God's thinking and the way that he wants us? Because we'll receive the, whatever we sow into God, he'll let us reap from what it is. And David has said that. But listen to what he wants to do. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this. I beseech you therefore, brethren. Beseech means I beg you. I beg you, listen. I beg you, listen. By the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. We're no good to God dead. He says, he says living <coughs> sacrifice. Because, and what do we sacrifice? What would we sacrifice by following God? Time? few times that it might tell, tell us that we're wrong I love being told I'm wrong something else I had to learn because if you would have told me wrong 26 years ago I'd have given you what for and I was good at giving what for I promise you you can ask anyone who knows me pre, pre my Christian time and they would said, yeah don't, don't argue with Mark he's a bit of a a bit of a person I could think lots of things I could say then, but I had to make sure I didn't. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And it's important that we present. I remember becoming a minister and, and, and starting to travel to, to Malaysia and Indonesia uh, in, a, in a very short space of time. And I found it, it was an amazing trip, you know, because, because I didn't speak their languages. I was on my own most of the time. And so what it allowed me to do was to study and study and study and pray all the time. And all of a sudden I found lots of things were changing with me. And I remember going to a minister's meeting and, and people were telling each other they were having one of these pity parties, ministers, because they're just the same as people. We all have pity parties, don't think they're so strong, they don't have a pity party. We're having a minister's pity party meeting. 
and all going around everybody was going oh I've sacrificed this and I've sacrificed that and I've been my wife and they're going on and on and on they were going around the table and I was going oh do you mean you know don't ask me that was my question don't ask me and, you know, and they'd come round and everybody's going, everybody going, yeah, you know, look how much we've given to God and all the rest of it. And they went, somebody said, uh, uh, Pastor Mark, you haven't spoken. I said, I've got nothing to say. And they said, well, you, you've travelled, you've, you've, you've left your wife for sometimes months in the year to go and preach this gospel. What a sacrifice that was. And I looked at them and I went, I am so sorry. I have sacrificed nothing. What I've gained in my life and my wife, my family and the people that I know is without price. I've sacrificed nothing. All I've done is take from God what he promised me. They had a time of repentance. Most of those pastors were on their knees weeping, asking God to forgive them. For it's no sacrifice. He gives us so much more being a Christian. I therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy. That means we've got to start to get ourselves pure. Acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's just, you know, God thinks it's reasonable that you should follow him. Nothing, you know, too much. How much he's got to give us. No wonder he says it's reasonable. I've got a lot more to give you then you can give me. I just want you to believe and, and, you know, and try. Do not be conformed to this world. This world will kill you. Kill your faith, kill your love, kill your joy. If you listen to what people tell you, some of the advice they give you, or it just is, is exacerbate every problem that you've got. Amen. Kills your time. Well done, Kevin. But are you transformed by the renewing of your mind? Transformed this. This is what does... This what creates all the problem. This comes after. You know, out of our mouth goes more trouble in the world. You know, anybody made Adolf Hitler? Not a very intelligent person and all the rest of it, but guess what? Out of his mouth he persuaded a whole country to cause havoc. Oh, and just a, a, you know, a huge aside, he wanted to exterminate the Jews. God's chosen people. Transform this. That you may prove there's a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, our minds, our minds most of the time when we're on our own is a cesspit. We think of the most awful things sometimes. We go back and think of terrible things and what people have done and, and what this is. And, you know, and, it, and it is. And we need, to, we need to renew our thinking. So what does he want to, to transform us into? You know, he wants us to transform us out of our own thinking. Some of us are trapped in what we think our life is like, and we continue to do it. And some, 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 they say, well, some of us get stuck in a rut. And somebody described a rut as a never-ending grave. Isn't that amazing? You're in a grave already. And if you don't get out of it, you're still going to stay dead, even in this life and when you think you're alive. And for whatever the reasons in our past, God wants us to transform, to think completely different than we do. And we as born-again Christians, we are led by the Spirit and taught by the Word. And that's what it does. It begins to transform who we are. I still say the same silly jokes. I've still got the same sense of humour. I still come out with expressions I've done all my life. For Pete's sake. 
And so it doesn't change everything about it because it doesn't need to. We've got our own characters and our own personalities. God uses that. God uses your past, your experiences for you and for others. And he wants to change us so that we could, be, we, we could have a different way of life, to a way of life where we can expect a lot more from life and from God. John 3.16, this is the, perhaps the most famous verse the world has ever heard from the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him and should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world but through the world he, people, will, will, will be saved. And that's the thing. What does being saved mean? Do we know? You see, Jesus said, I have come. To seek and save those that are lost. You know, people say, well, I don't need saving. Well, sit with me for a while and let's have a chat and I'll see if you need saving. I think most people need to be saved uh, because you can see what's happening even in our church world. It's depreciating. It's going down because they're not being able to show people that this is real. There's a real life here. And being saved is what, what's happened to, to most of us in here. It is when we have repented, we've gone, gone to God and left our past with him and start a new life. And we start that new life by being baptised, in, in full immersion in water in the name of Jesus, and then receiving God's spirit. And we'll do that about God's spirit in a little, in a little while. But God also does forewarn us as people. He, he has to do that because, you know, people say, oh, this is fantastic. I said, but listen, it is fantastic. But if you don't want to believe and you don't want to follow, then you reap what you don't want to do. You reap what you sow. It's same the other way. And this is what the other scripture says after that. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So it's every, everything is, is, is pretty simple in that respect. That we, This is why he wants us to know him and to learn. God sees the world exactly as it is. We only have to listen, we only have to, listen to the news anywhere at any time. And all the badness or evil, whichever way you want to say, go, is going on. But God still knows... That if someone will go and speak to someone about God and show them that they're real, they will get saved. Because every single one of us have thoughts about this life, have thoughts about death, have thoughts about what we should be doing. And all God wants to, God wants to do is say, well, let me teach you what it is so you can have this better life. Yes, and you've got to learn. It means you've got to put some effort in. God will do what he says. But we have to put that bit of time out for him. Over the, last, over the last month, I have tried to preach the gospel to every person I've met. And it's been quite an amazing journey for me. How I've had the whole spectrum of and things like that. You can use your own imagination, what some people might have said, to people who have just wept as the Lord touches their, 
as their hearts. And it's so important that we don't just dismiss people, that we keep in touch with them. You know, I, for anyone who comes to this church, I do try to speak to them. Some of you aren't really bothered whether I speak to you or not, and that's okay. But others, I just keep in touch. Why? Because they need that. And I need that just to make sure that they are okay. We need to speak to people and find out what people believe in so we can try to help them. I mean, listen, if, if this life that God promises us is about love, is about kindness, is about faith, is, is about having more joy, is about sharing with each other and helping one another and supporting one another, and, you know, and, and we are transformed and, and, we, and, we, and, and we know where we're going and, and, and that we, we do belong to a church family, that will help them and inspire them and correct them. And correct them. That's important. Because, as I said, I love when God corrects me. And it's so simple. The Bible says God chastises those that he loves. So chastisement is telling people off. So I like it when God tells me. I don't like it so much when the wife tells me. But that's life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's life, hallelujah. And we do work it out. But God wants to work out a life with us as well, which is so important. We have a blockage. Most people have a blockage. In the Bible, they, they, they talk about, in the Old Testament, them having a veil. A veil in front of them. They can't actually see clearly. They can't see through it. And, and in Corinthians 2, it says this. 2 Corinthians 3.16 Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, when one turns, the veil, that blockage is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom. So when we receive this Spirit, we begin to gain a freedom that we've never had. But we all, with unveiled, so once we turn to the Lord, He unveils this face, and beholding in the mirror, so we look in the mirror, and we see us changing. And it's, you know, this is not, you look in the mirror and goes, no, you don't seem to be changing very much. It's our, it's us. It's our personality. It's the way we are. We see that there is a change. There is a change in us. And, it, and we see that. And we see ourselves that God is transforming us into the same image as him. Just as the Spirit of the Lord moves upon us. So these things are just showing us that God wants to do this. And it's by his word and it's by his Spirit he will help us. Where is he? Where is this God? Oh, it's beautiful. Every, every question you have, we promise you, we will give you an answer from the word of God, not from us. God is a spirit. John 4, 23, 24, God is a spirit. And he's seeking for those to worship him in spirit and in truth. So we have to have God's spirit and we have to have his truth. The truth is the word of God. Jesus said to, said to, said to the Lord, he said, Father, sanctify all these people by thy truth. In other words, set them apart. Show them a different way of life by this word. Thy word is truth. And as another scripture says, and the truth shall make you free. Free to, to understand what's going on, to see all what's going on around us. Acts 17, 27 says this. And that we should seek the Lord. And happily they might feel after him, search for him, 
see if he's real and then find him. Though he, he may not be far from every one of us. Why? He's all around us. Listen to this scripture. For in him we live. In the spirit of God we live. And move. And have our very being. So God is around us now. The difference was born again Christians. That God we let him live in us. To help and guide us. Doesn't want to take control. He's give you free will. Your free will tells you what you want to do. Whether you come, whether you don't, whether you listen, whether you don't, whether you have cornflakes or Weetabix in the morning. It's your will that does it. So your will to be good, your will to be bad. <laughs> and I didn't look at you purposely. Louise is looking at me, he's just going. <laughs> just happened to catch my eye, Louise. Hallelujah. It's important, you know, and, and the scriptures tell us, you know, that, that in Chronicles 2.6 it says, how can we build him a temple since heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain him? One kings again, behold, heaven and the heavens cannot contain you. So no matter how far man has gone, no matter what cosmos he's gone to, guess who's there? The Lord's there. We're in him. Everything, it's just amazing, amazing picture of how massive and how incredible God is. In Ezekiel, a few thousand years ago, a prophet Ezekiel in the Old Testament said this. This is what God will do in the future. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh because we are hard-hearted. a lot of hard-hearted people now. Out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, a soft heart, a heart of love. I will put my spirit within you and then I will cause you to walk in my statutes, in the word that he wants. And you will keep my judgments and do them. We're in a changing world. People are becoming more insular. You know, we're getting, you know where we live, it's getting more insular. People have got so many different interests. They're trying everything they possibly can to get themselves some satisfaction, some joy, some anything, whatever it is. People are always trying to do things to, to, to give this body of ours and our mind some, some peace and some activity that, that we can be say, this is what we're doing and, and tell everyone, oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. They're really busy and everything else, but... One of the worst things, entertainment has taken a grip of nearly every soul in the world. Got to have entertainment. It's taken its strongest grip ever. Children have access to knowledge and pictures they should not be open to. Man is teaching children their perverse philosophies, what they think. In our education system, they call it progressive. And yet those teachers are teaching sometimes what they think and not what they should be teaching the children they should be learning. No wonder Jesus was sent to show people a new way of life. One that God wants to give them. It's the reason we must be born again into God's kingdom upon this earth. It's a new, exciting, learning experience. And God fills us with his Holy Spirit and guides us and helps us. The Bible says the Spirit shall guide you into all truth. God wants to help us day by day. He'll put us with pastors and teachers and hopefully you will choose a church that is spiritual and follow all the teachings of Christ. No wonder Jesus said this. Come to me.
all you who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and you'll learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's what God has for us all. To take his learning and follow him. It lightens the load of all of our concerns. We sang that song, didn't we? We're a vapour, we're a wave in the ocean. Just before Christmas, one of my best friends, a, a bishop in Malaysia, he died. He's only 62. And he, on his, one of the testimonies that somebody gave, they, he was going to give, he was in a rush to give somebody a Bible study at their home. And he was rushing to the door, had a massive heart attack, and died before he even got in there. But his family said, yep, that's dad. Just rushing around, trying to get people saved. He said, at least he died exactly doing the work of the Lord. He said he'll be very happy about that. You know, so what a, what a marvellous testimony. But you know, when we look at our life as a Christian when we're born again, it is to bless people. It is to forgive others whatever they've done. It is to love one another. It is to support one another. It is to teach one another. It is to go out and, and share this gospel. And the more we do for God, the more he does for us. Isn't that amazing? So this, this, this preaching stuff that the more we tell people, the more God will tell us. The more we share the love of Christ with people, the more God's love he'll give us. And the more we'll receive with everything. Every little bit that we do for God, he repays us. Overflowing. Overflowing. So whatever you want, you want more joy, you want more peace, you want more love, even, even will help us with our finances, as David has said. But it starts by us turning to him and learning of him. And then he'll teach us and we'll begin to grow. Amen.